Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Moodix Podcast. I'm Gabriel Chavez. And I'm Paul Schendel. I am in the Caribbean this week and for the coming episodes because I am working on a film out here. So if you hear any jitter or any weird things like that, it's because uh, I am in the Dominican Republic where things can shake and (laughs) weird shit like that happens. If the power goes out for some reason, Paul, I I guess I'll just have to reconnect when the power comes back. (laughs) But we're going to hope the power holds for this episode. Anyway, today we ride the goddamn rainbow and fro pick a pot of gold as we rhyme our way across the 2000 quintuplet sequel Leprechaun in the Hood. But first, this is a comedy Wait, podcast. Is it Leprechaun in the Hood or Leprechaun in the Hood? It's the Hood, I think, oh. on the actual video, but I think Come it's on. technically Leprechaun <laughs> 5 colon in the Hood. So. And there is the sixth one is in the hood or Leprechaun Six in the hood two I think. Okay. I think it's the name. Yeah. Six is something else. You got to check that out too. But anyway, this is a comedy podcast. If you have not seen the movie we're about to shit on and want to avoid spoilers, stop now. But if you don't care about spoilers and want to laugh and learn why this movie sucks so bad, stay away from the zombie hoes. Nothing good will come from them. <laughs> Without further ado, let's hand it over to Pablo Francisco. <clears throat> when three rappers want to get even with a pimp, they accidentally unleash a leprechaun who goes on a killing rampage in the hood. How do you... <laughs> there are so many questions that I have about this movie. Like, from the first time that I saw it, I'm just like, how do you pitch this... Like I know that each successive sequel got stupider and weirder and but like how do you get to this point where you're just like, yeah, we're gonna have this pimp, we're gonna have these rappers, we're gonna do this movie about like these this pimp like trying to fuck these rappers over and trying to get revenge on these rappers and then they're gonna throw the leprechaun in there. It's like right. Uh... <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> this is a Trimark Pictures release on video by Lionsgate Films. Lionsgate, I will not go over because they are just a distribution company on this video rather than actually being a production company. And Lionsgate, you, of course, will know from years and years and years ago for coming into fruition because of a little movie series called Saw, where they got really popular. And then all of a sudden they made all this money. And now they're one of the largest studios in the world, actually. And they just built 18 stages or they're going to build 18 stages in Albuquerque. So they have a fucking giant goddamn studio system in northern albuquerque which is going to be interesting i really you know i'm so excited for albuquerque but at the same time i really hope it doesn't turn into another la because if it turns into another la i'm gonna fucking like flip out man like i just don't <laughs> want it to turn into i want it to stay weird and quirky and everything that i grew up with i don't want it to turn into a goddamn fucking yeah. pile of pretentious cock-sucking pieces of shit <laughs> Floating around like in Hollywood, just drizzling on each other about, oh, I know so-and-so because I walked his dog. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. Everybody out in LA, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We're like, oh, I'm friends with Brad Pitt. And it's like, really? Are you friends with Brad Pitt? Or did you see him on the street at one point and sort of live near him? Like, I could seriously. smell his scent. It was amazing. Yeah. Come on. Like I, everybody in LA, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So don't fucking pretend like you're any better. Anyway, 
<laughs> Trimark we have not looked at. And besides releasing all the Leprechaun films up until this fifth entry, they also released some really excellent films. Their top rated movie is the NC-17 rated super fucked up movie by super divisive director Todd Salons. The Philip Seymour Hoffman vehicle called Happiness, oh, which God. is a movie that I will <laughs> never forget, <laughs> mostly because of the dog scene, but not <laughs> least of all scene. because of all the weird fucked up pedophilia in it. For the record, it's the I one with the to- uh, the the notes glued to the wall or whatever with jizz. Is that the one? That's uh, yeah, yeah, that's the <laughs> okay. one. Yeah, right, blasting great. everywhere. Yeah, and the dog comes along and like licks it off of the balcony like <sighs> railing. Yeah. <laughs> for the record, for the record, I hate Todd Salons. I think he's a fucking provocateur at best, and I doesn't. I don't think that he has any fucking talent. But that's a subject for another episode. The next best movie is one of my all-time favorites, Paul. The most violent zombie movie that's ever been made. The Peter Jackson directed splatter film called Dead Alive. What? Seriously. They did this? That's yes, amazing. this movie is an all-time classic, and I can't get enough <laughs> of fucking Dead Alive. It's one of, one of my very, one of my very, very favorites. Down the list, though, we have the excellent Casey Lemons directed movie Eve's Bayou, the super fun and violent The Day of the Beast, which is an unbelievably amazing descent into depravity. If you have not seen that, you got to check it out. The Vincenzo Natale directed movie Cube, a.k.a. the movie that Saw ripped off. Box of Moonlight, the Godfather saga parallel called The Last Dawn, Swimming with Sharks with disgraced pedophile Kevin Spacey, Noah Baumbach's Kicking and Screaming, and the underrated Ann Wheeler romance Better Than Chocolate, which is really, really great. On on the flip side, they have some movie from 1987 called Nuki about an alien searching for his brother on Earth with a 1.7 out of 10 on IMDb. The parody movie, The Bogus Witch Project, with its 1.9 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> Chairman of the board with the 90s jizz stain of a human being called, Char- or called Carrot Top, with its 2.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Sometimes they come back again with the core alum Hillary Swank and the god-awful movie from 1995 called A Kid in King Arthur's Court. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I went... Remember that one? Uh, you know what happened? I went... Me and my uh, kind of neighbor friend, we wanted to go see Starship Troopers in the theater. Mm. And of course, he's like, yeah, we can go see it. I'm like, it's rated R. They're not going to let us in. He's like, nah, it's fine. We'll just- oh, God. You had to buy tickets for a king and king. So we, we tried to buy tickets for a king like, and, and sneak in. But they were they were aware and they were. They were sitting outside the theater, and so we had to go see that, and that was a piece oh. of shit movie. It's so disappointing. Oh and Troopers would have been. Oh my god, that is that is such a great movie for a prepubescent teen, right there. Oh my god, that is a horrible, horrible yeah. sounding fucking night, man. How the yeah, fuck did you put up with that? We spent our money, and it fucking sucked. You actually paid money yeah. to go see that. Wow, yeah, you you were brutal. single-handedly responsible for every bad thing that happened after that movie came out <laughs> by supporting those sons of bitches. <laughs> anyway, this pile of putrefied garbage sitting off of Slauson Boulevard behind the donut shop was produced by seven people. <laughs> <laughs> this week, I want to talk about Darren Spillman, Michael P. Flanagan, and Mike Upton. 
Darren is interesting in that it seems that the man has no concept of what a good, profitable, or even watchable movie even is. He has 32 producing credits, and only two of them I have actually heard of or has more than 500 votes on IMDb. He produced Van Wilder freshman year with literally no one in it, and such gems as Raw or as a Blood Surf, Turbulence Three, Heavy Metal, Humanoids from the Deep, <laughs> Watchers Four, Stardust Two, The Sea Wolf, and Space Jacked, which is about a crew member <laughs> who hijacks a, a luxury space cruiser to ransom with its 2.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Nice. Yeah, Michael P. Flanagan produced a few movies you may have heard of with the likes of Pitch Perfect, Undisputed with Ving Rhames and Wesley Snipes, the all-time worst Al Pacino movie ever made called 88 Minutes, the trash comedy called Mad Money, Brad, I'm sorry, Brian. I would argue that 88 Minutes is better than the one that he made with the robot or whatever it was. Remember the robot movie? Simone? Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) You liked 88 Minutes more than you liked Simone, really? Yeah, I'll take you it. You're not gonna have to. You're gonna have to have a conversation about this. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, Simone's bad. Don't get me wrong. Simone is bad, but like 88 minutes is way worse. Like way, way worse. <laughs> but anyway, he uh, he also produced the Brian De Palma horror flick called The Black Dahlia with former star Josh Hartnett and War Machine with Brad Pitt. Speaking of Josh Hartnett, by the way, did you hear that Christopher Nolan cast him in his latest movie? Like Josh Hartnett's going to huh. be in a fucking Christopher Nolan movie, dude. Wow. I was just like, wow, maybe he'll actually get back to like making money <laughs> instead of making these $5 movies for Walmart. They go straight to DVD. Anyway, this guy's, this guy's worst movies, on the other hand, other than Leprechaun in the Hood, include Nature Unleashed, colon, Tornado. <laughs> Snake Man, which is about a snake-human hybrid horror movie. Submerged with the bloated seal of a human being, our alum from Under Siege 2, named Steven Seagal. Wait, what's it called? What's it called? It's called Submerged. Submerged with Steven <laughs> yeah. Seagal. Oh, with man. Steven Seagal. Straight to and video, he, I assume. Yeah. yeah. And then he made two straight to video releases in the early, or in the late 90s called Blonde Ambition and Private Valentine with Jessica Simpson in her leading roles in those. Oh, dude, I forgot that Jessica Simpson had a career until I saw these video covers on his IMDb. And I was like, oh, my God, holy shit. I forgot that she tried to be an actress for about five minutes. Oh, and he did a movie called Double Bang with the least talented Baldwin, that jerk off named William, who is just God awful in everything that he does. Uh, Mike, which which Baldwin is that? I is there anything that I would remember so that William Billy, Baldwin is? Billy Baldwin, as they like to call him for some fucking horrible, horrible reason, as if he's not a bad enough actor as he is, and he's like standing in the shadow of his fucking brother. But Billy Baldwin, he was like, the weirdest thing about the Baldwins is that each one of them, the, the lesser Baldwins anyway, like, um, like Steven and William, Sometimes I get confused with them, even though I know they're different people. Which one is in Firefly? Let's start there. Because that's Firefly. Yeah, there's a Baldwin in that. Oh, that that's Adam Baldwin. That's 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 Animal Mother, and uh, you know, yeah. But Adam, I think, is their cousin. 
I don't think he's one of the brothers. Oh, right. ma- maybe I'm wrong. But Billy Baldwin <laughs> is the guy that was in Backdraft opposite Robert De Niro. And like he's also in uh, uh, Silver with uh, Tom Berenger. I don't know if you ever saw or nope. Sliver. Uh, he's in Fair Game with Cindy Crawford. I don't know if you remember that goddamn movie, but. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's in a lot of bad shit i guess is what i'm saying and william is by far the least talented of all of them and i just i don't understand how he keeps getting work because he's still working I, I guess he's still profiting off of the fucking baldwin name or something i i don't know how that works like if you've been in nonstop horrible bad shit for the entire time that you've had a career, you're and your none of your movies are making money. Like, how do you continue to keep working? Like, it's really weird. Like, at least even though I don't like him, at least Stephen Baldwin was in The Usual Suspects, you know. So he has that on his career, even though that was a complete fluke that he was in that. But anyway. <clears throat> Mike Upton is the only producer who has a pretty illustrious career and that he actually has made movies that you may have heard of, seen, or paid for, and then his movies actually make money. So he produced the original John Wick. Maybe you heard about it. Kind of spawned this franchise. Adam Adam Baldwin of Firefly and... Uh, the Stanley Kubrick movie. Full Metal Jacket, not, yeah. He is not related in any way to the Baldwin family, the Baldwin brothers. There you go. Okay, right. yeah. Right. Like I said, I thought he was his co- their cousin, but I guess he's not related at all, but he's definitely not their brother. Anyway, this guy produced the original John Wick. He produced Aquila and the Bee, the excellent and underrated post-apocalyptic movie called The Road with Viggo Mortensen, which was one of my favorite movies of 2000. Ah, so brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> the excellent films Two Lovers and We Own the Night from director James Gray, which, dude, I just rewatched We Own the Night like maybe a year ago, and I hadn't seen it since it came out. That movie is excellent. I don't know why like that movie doesn't get more love. Like the critics were really lukewarm towards it. And like, you know, it's that movie with Marky Mark and Joaquin Phoenix that they play brothers on opposite sides of the law. Yeah. And Joaquin is like, you know, hooked in with the mob during the eighties, especially during the, the Coke pandemic, like in Miami and shit like that. But dude, it is so excellent. Like for fucking Robert Duvall is great in that movie. Hmm. And there's that, there's that whole scene where they finally chase them down in the fucking like giant cattails by the river at the end. That is so good, man. That fucking Mm. movie is excellent. And I don't know why that movie doesn't get enough love. I'm like, this is legitimately great filmmaking. But anyway, he also produced the underrated Guillermo Arriaga directed movie, The Burning Plane, which shout out New Mexico film with Charlize Theron. However, he did direct the Alan Smithy project directed The Coroner with 2.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Alien Terminator, which is like they took the two names of two James Cameron movies and stuck it together. Uh, Cage Team. Is it Alien slash Terminator? Or is it just Alien alien Terminator? Okay, so it's a Terminator from the future that happens to be an alien. Okay. Yes. He also produced a movie called Caged Heat 3000 that was directed by one of the (laughs) nicest men that I've ever worked with named Aaron Osborne about a female prison camp on on an asteroid 45 million light years away. Uh, he also did the Adams Family Reunion Road Trip with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Richie Rich's Christmas Wish, which is one of the many non-Macaulay Culkin sequels running around out there. Oh, God. 
Yeah, I mean, dude, Macaulay Culkin was really weird in that he did, like, these movies when he was a kid that were, like, pretty famous during that time period, whether it was, you know, Home Alone or Richie Rich or whatever. But then they made sequels to those movies without <laughs> Macaulay. Right. And every single oh, one of those sequels <laughs> is one of the worst pieces of shit like, ever. I don't understand. Like, it's like, okay, it, Macaulay aged out. Leave the series alone. Go do something else. Like... <laughs> Seriously, of all the fucking movies that you do. <laughs> Leprechaun 5 in the hood stars Willow alum Warwick Davis. Wait, is it Leprechaun 4? I thought it was Leprechaun No, 4. Leprechaun 5. Leprechaun uh, 5 in the hood stars uh, <laughs> Will- Willow alum Warwick Davis, Ice-T, Anthony Montgomery, Rashawn Ali, and Red Grant. Warwick, we looked at with our forthcoming episode of Willow, but he has also had small roles in Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Rogue One, the badass alum, The Last Jedi, which I will still defend regardless of what Paul or Trip says, and The Force Awakens, you fucking suck, J.J. Abrams, Harry Potter, and The Deathly Hallows Part 2, as well as several sequels, including Azkaban, Oscar winner Ray with Jamie Foxx, Labyrinth, and the excellent The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He's also unfortunately been in his worst called A Very Unlucky Leprechaun, a family film with a 2.1 out of 10 on IMDb, Small Town Folk, Skin Deep, and Jack the Giant Slayer, a.k.a. the movie directed by a pedophile that should be held accountable for his horrific abuses and almost sank a fucking studio. So there's that. Still, that movie, that movie blows my mind. A $235 million movie. Not even about Jack and the Beanstalk, about like a spinoff of that story that was two hours long. And I was just like, who are you making this for? Like, who the fuck are you making this for? Seriously. But whatever. Ice tea people may never be able to remember a fucking song or hum a song that he ever wrote because ultimately the man is known now for being in over 177 titles as an actor, including a staggering 488 episodes of law and order SVU. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. That that's where you know of TV. Oh, dude. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. They, they like, when I worked on SVU, there was all these people walking around with like the 500th episode t-shirts and like hoodies <laughs> and shit like that. And I'm just like, Dude, they're going to go on until season 25. They That's when, like, the main actress who's in it said that she didn't want... Mariska is her name. Didn't yeah. want to do it anymore after 25 years. She's like, I'm going to retire after season 25. And it's Jesus. like, you spent a majority of your career in one TV show. I don't blame yeah. you for not... I would have fucking retired after 10 seasons and been like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like... <laughs> Because even at 10 seasons, Paul, you're at 240 episodes because it's fucking syndicated. You know what I'm saying? But like now that you're at 500 episodes, like Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, my God. But he also co-starred in The Other Guys with The Happening alum Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and Step Brothers alum Will Ferrell. He was in the excellent New Jack City, the god-awful 3,000 Miles to Graceland with Kevin Costner, and the Val. God damn it, not the Val. I meant Johnny Mnemonic. I can never remember the fucking name of that movie, and I just have to constantly <laughs> remind myself. Speaking of, like, I haven't seen Johnny Mnemonic in years. That might yeah, be one need to, to really uh, talk need about. To come back and check that out. Or yeah. Snake Eyes. Like, those movies, I saw them oh, around Snake the same Eyes. time. And Snake yeah. Eyes with Nick Cage. That movie is horrifying, too. <laughs> Anyway, his worst, however, are insanely bad. The Wrecking Crew with Ernie Hudson Jr., Corrupt with Silk the Shocker and Ernie Hudson Jr. again. 
Gangland and Ticker with resident fat man Steven Seagal and Dennis Hopper. He also co-stars in the goddamn travesty of a TV show called VIP with Pam Anderson, which I watched as a young prepubescent boy because <laughs> I didn't have access to the internet nor to watch porn. <laughs> a- Anthony, how many Anthony, how many socks got flushed down the toilet? Did I get blow out? <laughs> oh, dude, I never. <laughs> I never flushed a sock down the toilet. That was one that's thing good. that like, that's good. there was, I don't remember who it was. One of my friends did that and like fucked up the plumbing and it like backed up into the house and like he flooded the house with fucking piss and shit from the septic tank, like backing up. Into, oh, but like, um, yeah, I never did that. It was like, if I, if I had like destroyed a sock from doing that, I just threw it in the trash like a goddamn barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Anthony Montgomery was in the critically lauded Hugh Laurie is a dick to everyone TV show called House, Stargate SG1, NCIS, Grey's Anatomy, which is still on in 17th season, Star Trek, Star Trek Enterprise with Scott Bakula, as well as some movie called Unbelievable with five exclamation points with Snoop Dogg and... He was also in Hard Goddamn Rain with Morgan Freeman, <laughs> which is a fucking yes. classic. <laughs> uh, Rashawn, Na- uh, Rashawn Nall had a small supporting role in a rather excellent TV show called The Shield, as well as small roles in ER, NYPD Blue, as well as The Shit Piles, Devil's Prey with its 3.4 on IMDb, Three Strikes, three strikes with N. Busey Wright, and E40 with its 11 on Metacritic. The Wash with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre with its 18 on Metacritic. And the horribly manipulative trash pile show called Touched by an Angel, which actually has a pretty surprisingly high 6.0 out of IMDb. I thought that was one of those shows like oh, fucking no. A Little House on the Prairie where it would have like a 4 out of 10 on IMDb where I'm just really? like, God damn. Little House I on fucking- the Prairie has a 4? I think it has a five, to be honest. Like, I think it's only because of the Michael Landon factor. Though. What the it's fuck not, are you talking about, dude? It's everyone knows about it. I've never seen it. No, God damn it's, it. It's horrible. I used to grow up watching reruns of it, but I was like <laughs> watching reruns of that and All in the Family, and both of them fucking like All in the Family has its moments where it's funny, but it is racist as all hell, bro. Like, oh my God, that, movie, that TV show is racist. Anyway. While Red Grant has been in FX's interesting show called Snowfall about the crack epidemic, as well as Vin Diesel's directorial project called Strays, which is pretty typical, but interestingly interesting enough that you actually sit there and watch it. He was also in some movie called The Watermelon Heist with its 3.9 out of 10 on IMDb and House Arrest with its 2.8 out of 10 on IMDb. This leads us to screenplay writers John Huffman and Doug Hall and story writers William Wells, Alan Reynolds, Rob Spera, and previous writer Mark Jones. Rob Spera also directs, so I'll get to him in a moment. But William Wells has really only written this, so he is an unimportant jerk-off, as well as Alan Reynolds, who also wrote only one thing. Doug Hall, in addition to being ha- or having written the script and the story in this had an 18 year old 18 year break between this movie and his next writing gig as an executive story editor on grownish blackish and black as fuck or hashtag black af so but john huffman only wrote this movie and he has been he has been employed as a no talent actor from the early days of quantum leap so that's something uh, wow. 
Lastly this week for writers is Mark Jones, who wrote the original Leprechaun and has been credited with over 50 other writing product projects. He's written on shows like Superboy, whatever the fuck that is, Werewolf, The A-Team, that's the original A-Team, Alf, and Nightman, not to be confused with the fighter of the day, man. I just want to put that out there. Look him up on IMDb, uh-huh. though, because... He- <laughs> god damn i love that song Uh, anyway look him up on imdb because he has the most pretentious i'm a writer picture on his profile picture like on imdb it's horrible seriously like just look up mark jones and check out his picture Uh, up until this yeah look him up up until rob sparrow we have mostly seen has-beens one-ofs hacks and morons making this film and to be honest, Rob Spera is exactly that as well. While he has directed 10 episodes of Army Wives and 8 episodes of Criminal Minds, his top-rated movie is The Sweet Life with Abigail Spencer with its 6.10 out of IMDb, followed by Stray Bullet with its 4.8 and just drops off after that exp- exponentially. He did a movie called Call Girls with a 3.7, The Minister's Wife with a 3.6, Witchcraft with a 3.3, Night- Midnight Temptations with or sorry, Midnight Temptations 2 with its 3.2 out of of 10 on IMDb. Something tells me that this man can't direct worth shit. Maybe try another career, like, I don't know, one which you direct, (laughs) that you don't direct terrible and horribly racist movies. Did did you look up, uh, what's his name? Mark Mark Jones. Jones. He's, well, what I see is him sitting at a laptop with this, like, you know, thinking man. Physical look, yeah. As if he's really trying to be a writer, like, hmm, hmm, what kind of recycled shit can I make into a movie? <laughs> this, How do I this, talk about the the black experience in America in the 1950s? And as a white man, a, yeah. Wrap that into a metaphor about leprechauns. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Yep. This pile of leprechaun shit in a bucket was released straight to video on March 28, 2000 and was produced for $1.4 million. What's really hilarious is the previous entry into the series Leprechaun 4 in space was produced for $1.6 million as well as Leprechaun 3. Leprechaun 2 was made for $2 million, surprisingly, but Leprechaun 1... Leprechaun 1 was the outsider. It was made for 900000 and it made a little bit of money, so that's why they gave Leprechaun 2 a $2 million budget. Yeah. But each successive movie has been failing worse and worse and worse, so they keep cutting the budgets. It's, like, really fucking great. <laughs> but I'm just like, dude, if the producers know that these movies are making money, like, why are they trying? Like, just cut it out. Like, just call it. It's dead, all right? Leave it alone. It's not like the fucking leprechaun where it can come back after getting blown apart and like, you know, this body starts coming back together. Apologies are due this week in that there is only the home video release of this movie. So I do not have international numbers to report. But what I can tell you is that the country that does not show up to see Warwick Davis pile wax on his face to play a fucking leprechaun is Bahrain with a average box office draw from Davis of only one thousand and eight U.S. dollars. The top grossing movie of all time in Bahrain is the 2015 SEPTA sequel known as Furious 7 with its $1.535 million gross in Bahrain. With an average cost of 4.77 Bahrainian dinar per ticket in 2000 or $10.90 American, which is almost triple what it was in America during that time period. That means that 
that means that Warwick Davis would bring in an estimated 92.47 Bahrainian asses over the course of the run of his movie <laughs> if it were to open in Bahrain. With a population of 664,610 people in the year 2000, that means that the absolute magnetism of Warwick, da- Warwick Willow Davis would draw in just 1.3914 ten thousandths of the percent of the population of Bahrain. My favorite reviews this week begin with Brandon Collins from Medium Popcorn. Brand, speaking of which, all of the reviews this week weren't actually done by real critics. This is like a throwback. I can't remember what movie I did, but it was like, or that we did, that it was just all blogs that I was reading. These yeah. things. Oh, it was a, uh, it was blood gnome, blood gnome. Yeah. It was just like all fucking critic. Uh, anyway, my favorite reviews this week begin with Brandon Collins from medium popcorn. Brandon is a tad overdramatic with quote, Probably the worst movie I've ever seen in my whole 32 years of life. End quote. Original score, one out of five stars. Tim Brayton from Antagony and Ecstasy dips his toe in the tepid water with, quote, it's not a very good film in any way, but it manages to be average, and that alone makes it a franchise standout. Original score, four out of ten stars. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Lastly this week, Daniel Barnes from Dare Daniel Cloroxes with, quote, an utterly incompetent series of cheap laughs, cheaper production values, and the cheapest of Coolio cameos. <laughs> Leprechaun in the Hood is more of a pot of mold than a pot of gold. Original uh... score, one out of five stars. Good pun or good little fucking pun there, you little asshole. Little ass wipe. <laughs> Leprechaun 5 in the hood has a wish failed score of 3.7 out of 10 on IMDb with 7,147 votes. It is not on Metacritic and has a splatty, but also not as bad as you would think, 33% on RottenTomatoes.com with a 32% audience score. This movie ranks highest amongst females aged 18 to 29 with its 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb and lowest amongst males aged less than 18 with a 2 out of 10. This week, I feel like Charlie Kelly drinking straight paint as I try to comprehend <laughs> the 591 people or 8.3% of the vote who rated this as a perfect fucking 10 best horror comedy movie ever made on IMDb. My vote this week stands with the 16.8% of the voters or 1,203 other people who wrote it, voted this as a 1 out of 10. Leprechaun 5 in the hood is a blip at just 90 minutes long and is rated R for strong violence and gore, pervasive language, drug use, and some sexual content. So, Paul, there it is. A rainbow. You crush a bunch of Skittles and snort a line and propel yourself up the rainbow in some sort of Tony Montana-fueled Cool Runnings knockoff hybrid. As you near the end of the rainbow, it becomes evidently clear at 186 miles per hour as you fall straight down into the ground. A pot of gold is not a liquid. If you hit it, your liquid brains will spray from your heels like a fire hose of shit after eating Taco Bell. You have just seconds left, Paul, and you got to make this count before, <laughs> Peter, before you Peter Jackson yourself all over the floor. Just then, Paul, you take a huge breath and you pitch this motherfucker to me, Paul. We took Leprechaun to space. And it was great. But now we need to ride on the coattails of rappers turned semi-movie stars a la Ice-T. Or not Ice-T. Ice Cube and Friday and Friday 2 and Friday 3. We need to make a sequel to Leprechaun in Space in the hood. Because the kids, kids these days, they love their rappers. 
Sure. I mean, as a white male, I I know what kids these days are really after, especially <laughs> kids in the hood. And yeah. and I know what they think is cool. We got cool. I feel like that's an untapped demographic that we don't have yet. We need to yeah. get these kids in the hood to be watching our movies. I mean, uh, you know, they they're they're doing their things, whatever they do. I don't know. They probably smoke some weed or something. But what are they gonna do when they're they're smoking their their drugs? They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna watch Leprechaun in the Hood because they sure. can relate to the characters. Sure, like Ice T and Coolio. We're gonna get Coolio because he's cool. Get it? How much is uh, how much is Coolio you know? got going on these days? He's not really acting or anything. Nah, this is like the year two thousand. Gonna... <laughs> is Coolio even still fucking relevant at this point? No, but we got a good deal for him to do a cameo. We're just gonna give him a couple. Couple bucks, send him on his way after he shows up. It's gonna be stuff great. him down America's goddamn fucking throat until people remember that's the right, cool That's right. Thing. That's right. Excellent. But of course, we've got the man himself, Rorick Davis. Where that is. What, what the fuck am I talking about? That guy, Warwick. Warwick, Warwick Davis. Yeah. Yeah. There you sorry, go. yeah. Willow. Sorry. Just call him Willow. I, Don't I even had, bother. Just call him my Willow. lips. I had my lips <laughs> on my own asshole. I had my. <laughs> had my ribs removed so i can i can do that but uh anyways it's pretty good you should try it out i know a surgeon he's he's in beverly hills you know i am so goddamn awesome that i will totally take you up on that i gotta get these ribs removed i've always wanted to lick my own asshole oh man no yeah full just put the suction on and you got yourself a self-sustaining like a fucking romoro fish you just (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Excellent. Anyways, well, anyways, how how much you need for this piece of shit? I mean, I, I don't know what Ice T's quote is these days, uh, but yeah, I think no, it's, it's, it's like two hundred grand. It's pretty good. We get Ice T. We get some other unknowns. Give him a shot. Excellent. And uh, you know, you got a, a room full of white dudes writing rap lyrics about living in Compton. It's gonna be great. Excellent. I know the kids great. will will feel the gangster rap from those white dudes. Excellent. It's it's gonna be great. So, great. I don't know. Great. A few mil. Sounds excellent. Fuck it. So, uh, I'll give you a million. How about that? We'll start there. We'll All see right, what happens. Right. Yeah, I, I think I can work with that. We'll we'll make money selling to. We'll just employ a whole non-union crew, and nothing bad can happen. So we don't need. We're all good. <laughs> That's. I don't give a fuck anymore. Just, just fuck it. All right. I'm so go back to Paul- sucking my asshole now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just roll you out like a fucking uh, <laughs> snowball. <laughs> just tuck your knees so that way you don't hit your knees on the way out. <laughs> anyway, so Paul, had had you seen any of the Leprechaun movies up until watching this? You know, maybe I vaguely remember seeing maybe the original Leprechaun movie. Wasn't sure. terribly impressed with that to yeah. the point where it doesn't really, I don't recall anything from it except a <laughs> creepy Leprechaun. Right. But uh, this movie, this movie was uh, amusing in how bad it was. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of material going on there. I told you, I told you it's bad, but it's like oddly entertaining, though. Like yeah, that's so. Uh, I mean, that's what's really weird about it. And I think my favorite parts were all of their the rap songs that they put together, <laughs> and just how. How the rap terrible. is so bad in this movie. It's like it's like almost it's. I don't know if I'd say it's as bad as the rap in Kazam, but it's pretty fucking close to the rap in Kazam. It feels it feels a little more authentic somehow, 
because yeah because you're not like it, rapping about kids shit yeah <laughs> and that's a big part about it yeah it's it's it, uh, kind of blends into the the gangster rap genre and everything like that but uh, right. the lyrics are something that i would write which made me laugh right. because it, they're just horrible <laughs> yeah they're really bad but uh eh, charming so Paul, i would call it charming having not seen this movie before uh-huh. you you say you said it's charming but what would you give it what's your gut reaction that you would give it out of 10 stars i mean like a two but <laughs> it's a, a thumbs up to because it's entertaining but objectively sure. it's a terrible movie <laughs> terrible <laughs> did your uh, did your wife walk in mid or mid no, film and just didn't. shake her head disappointed on <laughs> what you were watching <laughs> she would be i mean that that was like an hour and a half of my life that is never You'll never get back, back. yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of sad but at the same time i mean at least at least it's entertaining you know like yeah. we've done several movies on this podcast where you said that you were bored to tears watching it so like at least it was entertaining and like yeah, you felt yeah. like some sort of entertainment value yeah. from it no and i mean honestly you get a, a leprechaun from what i remember in the other movies which i barely remember is leprechaun's always rhyming so i yeah. mean that goes perfectly with rap and sure. <laughs> rhymes and everything what i'm disappointed is that the you know warwick davis didn't get up on the stage and do like his own leprechaun rap he did at the end he did oh, over the credits dude well they, he's in the strip club with the zombie hose like he did it yeah, up well, I think they needed something more in, in like the midpoint of the movie. Or he's, yeah, he's tapping into people with his magic whistle or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So jumping right into this, Paul, we open on a decently moody image of Warwick making his way down some store or some stairs, doing his infamous leprechaun rhymes. But it makes me think: if you were born a leprechaun and you couldn't rhyme. Does that mean that your leprechaun card gets revo- revoked? Like, do you get thrown in the river and drowned like Moses was, uh, you know, or was it Moses in the Bible that they threw in the fucking river? I don't I remember. There's a lot of throwing in rivers in the Bible. Oh, sure. Yeah. They threw people in the river for everything. It's like, oh, I, you cooked my eggs wrong. Throw her in the river. Like, she's a witch. <laughs> or, is, or is rhyming like breathing to leprechauns? Like, it's just something that they know I how to do. They got to do it. It's part of being a leprechaun. I don't know. Maybe I got to try to catch a leprechaun on, you know, St. Patrick's Day, see if I can catch a leprechaun and <laughs> they'll give me the pot of gold. So if I'm understanding this correctly, his rhyme is demonizing people who rhyme and like gold. That's his opening rhyme when he's sitting on the stairs. So let's talk about racism for a moment in this movie. Obviously, a leprechaun is going to go <laughs> to the hood and start killing black people because this movie thinks all black people care about is rhyming in gold. Is 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 that what I'm gathering from these opening moments? Like, yeah, I think has, that's all implied right there. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. He has no reason. And like the fact that he, where he ended up in Leprechaun in Space, and he just somehow ended up in the fucking subway. I don't remember the ending of the Leprechaun in Space well enough to remember how he got down there. I don't think he did. But he just appears down there. And it just so happens that these two black guys with froze are, like, digging around in the subway for some reason, like, looking for a fucking pot of gold. Where the fuck did that come from? Like, you know, 
Where, man? Is there even a subway in Compton where this is supposed no, to take I, place? Is this supposed to take place? I mean, it is supposed to take place in L.A., right? Like, yeah. They mention Compton a lot, so I'm assuming it's okay. all in Compton. That but, street yeah, cred, there, right? there, there is no subway even close to that. Like the closest subway that I during this time period, I mean, I honestly don't know where the subway would have been because, like the the North Hollywood expansion project didn't happen until the early two thousands, like two thousand three, two thousand four, something like that. So even like you know the pickup point in Hollywood Highland, which would have been the closest to Compton at that point, it wasn't there. Like the one yeah. in Los Feliz wasn't there. So like I'm confused. But whatever. But th- this whole rap at the beginning is not nearly as horrible as the score to this fucking movie. Like, <laughs> goddamn MIDI rap beats, like, over the fucking opening credits. Like, Ice-T is in this, and they couldn't even get, like, real musicians to, like, come along and make, like, a decent rap beat for the opening moments. But we open on a wall. Excuse me. We open on a wall being knocked down an Ice-T in a horribly shit wig. Like, very, very obvious wig just fucking yakking with his buddy about how they bought a map to the gold pot or some shit. <laughs> of, of course they get in a beef. Who does that? Yeah. But there's a pot of gold in this, in this hole. Imagine that shit, dude. Seriously. Like for it. no way you wouldn't do that. Especially if you're from the hood. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, a scam when you see one, you're like, no, come on. But you, you think I'm stupid. But of course they get in a beef almost immediately because apparently this movie thinks he, that racism is okay and that black people are just very violent and get fights for all the time for no reason. But he throws his fro pick sporting friend through a wall, landing him next to a leprechaun statue with a pot of gold beneath it and nonstop swearing because apparently this is how black people talk according to these writers. They can't stop fucking swearing at each other. Ice-T's friend can't stop fro-picking his hair until he sees the leprechaun has a gold chain which he wants to steal because racism. And when he removes it, the red eyes of the leprechaun come alive and Warwick moves in on him. Snickering rather loudly, by the way, behind him, which dude apparently doesn't hear at all. And he grabs his fro-pick, frightening the dude, but not enough for homeboy to call out to Ice-T. That, Yo, man, there's a goddamn leprechaun over here. There's some shit going down anything he doesn't bother saying anything but his homeboy is backing up he bumps into the wall where he just came through part of the wall is still up and he bumps into a pipe on the wall and it moves rather significantly like a goddamn fake pipe on like say a set on a movie but like it's, it's very obvious like you can see it it's like the pipe it doesn't just like jostle it's not even attached to the wall like when he yeah. bumps into it it like breaks off in it's the shot board <laughs> Like, great work. Great work. But as Ice-T hears his homeboy stumbling around, he sees him come through the opening. And despite seeing that the dude has a pick stuck in his neck, he doesn't immediately fire on the little man that's walking towards him with his pistol. After the leprechaun heats the gun up out of Ice's hand, Ice pulls a fucking switchblade from his fro, to which the lap uses his telekinesis powers in order to rip the fucking thing from his hand. And that cues Ice-T to pull a goddamn bat out of his fro, just hidden up there, presumably. (laughs) His fro is so big, and the black people in the hood carry a shitload of weapons in their fucking fros. Pretty racist shit, even though it's campy as shit, and like they really lean into it. 
and I don't know, dude, these opening moments, like there's so much about it that I find offensive, but like, there's also, there's something about it that it's so campy and it leans into it so hard that I'm just like, I can't help, but sort of like it with like the fucking, like, you know, the bell bottoms and the platform shoes and the Afro and like, I mean, it's like some- the best part yeah. is that the leprechaun stabs him to death with the hair with the pig. pig. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> How would that even work? It's made of know. plastic, dude. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But the leprechaun uses his telekinesis to throw down ice. And as Lep comes up in for the rhyme, ice blasts him with gas that looks like a CO2 fire extinguisher, which I'm not sure exactly what that valve was. But if that's like natural gas and it's just like blasting out all over the place, that's, uh, whatever. That's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. And that causes a chain of events in which the leprechaun falls backward and hits a seesaw board that hurls his necklace up and it lands around the fucking leprechaun's neck. But it really is the low rent visuals in the sequence of him turning into stone through still images, turning black and white. That really seals the deal on this movie's opening. Like you're calling out in the opening moments. Yo, we made this movie for no money at all. Watch these horrible fucking effects going on. It's really bad, dude. <laughs> you know, it like it improves at weird points throughout this movie where it's like almost like a real movie, but then yeah. it comes back to the really awful shit. And it's just like, come on, man. Like at least spend some of the money on like good effects. You know, like let me, let me have that at least. <laughs> but I celebrates his victory that he stole the, the, uh, the leprechaun's penny whistle by saying Motown, here I come and kisses it. But when, was the last time a penny whistle solo <laughs> appeared in a Motown song. Even before we know what the Mot or even before we know what the penny whistle does, it's like, dude, seriously, what what is this movie? So is he is he referring to Motown Detroit or like Motown? I don't records? know. I don't know. Cause like he's 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 wearing the funky fresh threads and the fucking, yeah. you know maybe he's talking about the the music but maybe yeah. he's talking about detroit but he he never makes it to detroit so i'd assume he's talking about the music because that's where he ends up but then they talk later about how he made all of his money being a pimp so i'm not exactly huh. sure like what the point of him getting the penny whistle is but besides <laughs> the fact but as we transition on some shitty 90s rap music we land on postmaster p he raps and they ramp up Somehow the record starts fucking spinning up as they're fucking rapping on stage and it speeds up and causes an explosion that lifts the rappers off the stage and throws them into the fucking tables of the club in front of the record producer. I'm not even sure what is going on in this moment because this editing is so horrible in this movie. Like it has something to do oh with fucking with a soldering iron and ammonia and nitrogen. Like they get into this later. Like the nerdy guy who's the virgin is like building like improvised explosive devices for some reason, which I didn't get. But why why is he doing that right in the middle of them like trying to perform on stage? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Was this like know. he was trying to build like you know pyrotechnics and it was supposed to be no. like the big ending with the pyrotechnics or whatever and it went wrong? I don't know because the editing is horrible in this scene and the camera blocking is even worse. But they kick, they get kicked out because of the explosion. Go figure that that doesn't go well with a producer. Like fucking explosions during auditions are generally frowned upon. (laughs) But but the trio of rappers walk down an alleyway and talk about Tony Robbins for some reason at length and talk about fixing their gear as they get to the next audition, right? 
But their scheme to get some quick cash is to go to a pawn shop and try to pawn a guitar that they pretend belongs to Jimi Hendrix that was signed at a psychedelic palooza concert a year after <laughs> Jimi died. The pawn shop owner knows that they're lying and they wander in another shop owned by a very racist Chinese guy named Chow that has a pickled fetus in his shop for some fucking reason. <laughs> I didn't understand you know, that. Chinese thing. people and their weird, their weird crap. You know, they yeah, I know. Pickled fetuses. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> but as they wander through town, they see Ice T on the street and they info dump about how he got rich by being a pimp. As he rolls up, they pitch him to fund their equipment and Ice T fondles his penny whistle while he's talking to them, right? <laughs> but as we cut into Ice's office. He gives him a chance and he says, come back to my office. But they cut inside of Ice's office. We see that he has the leprechaun statue boxed up in front of his desk in like a clear, like fucking glass case. Ice yells at them. that They need to be a hood group rather than a positive rap group. And he needs them to start rapping about bitches and hoes and all that other shit. But Ice gets a phone call right in the middle of this that they never come back to with some horrible sound effects work. It sounds like it's out of a fucking library, the sound of the ringing phone. <laughs> and you know what? This moment I thought was actually really funny is that he angrily grabs the phone and yells into it. Quote, I hope you had sex last night because I'm, I'm going to come over there and cut your dick off. Then I'm going to feed it to my pit and then I'm going to burn the shit as it comes out of the, my dog's goddamn ass. You hear me? Don't fuck with me, bitch. And he hangs up the phone. I don't even know where to start with this line, Paul. Like, they never get back to it, but it's, it's kind of an amazing threat. line. I do kind of like the line. But, dude, I seriously can't stop laughing at this line, but it's so stupid. So Ice kicks them to the curb by saying, quote, are you deaf or are you just dumb like your moms? Do I got to come over there and bitch smack you like I did her? <laughs> and again, I'm sitting here dying laughing. lines are gold, man. It's They're good, gold. dude. It's good shit. You know, like if, if, this, if this scene were cut out into a movie like fucking Black Dynamite. Like, this shit is gold, man. Like, <laughs> Black Dynamite has a lot of scenes like this where it's like these fucking golden lines of, like, pimps in the hood. And it's just it's so fucking good. But you know what, man? Like, it's, it is it is weird in that they cut to the reverse of Postmaster P standing there and he's got his mouth gaped open when he's talking about <laughs> slapping his dude's mom. But... But I cannot stop laughing again at this moment. And you know what, bro? Like, honestly, when I was first time I saw this movie, I really have to say I haven't seen it in like over 20 years. And I got to say, Ice T alone in this scene, I got to raise my rating to a three because yeah. he's really good in this moment. He's funny and he's charismatic. And like, I don't know, man, it's, it's really, really dumb, but it's really funny at the same time. Yeah. But it's this moment that sets off the let's make the hood great again rappers on their mission in the fucking movie, right? To get revenge on the pimp daddy Mac, I'm sorry, the pimp Mac daddy and steal the leprechaun's necklace to pawn it and pay for their new equipment. So Postmaster P decides to walk away. He doesn't want to be involved with the robbery, but shows up anyway to help with the heist. But it, it's it's the horrid ADR work in this fucking scene that really makes this look like a $5 movie. It's very obvious they didn't get it in the can when they recorded it and that these guys are obviously in the studio <laughs> okay. voicing over the fucking scene. So I noticed that. So I wasn't sure if the 
the file that I was watching had bad sound or if it was ADR and their voices were never quite no, in sync. It's, with it's the- ADR and <laughs> the, the fucking voices aren't in sync. Okay. But they break, they break into fucking Mac daddy's place without any problems. And rather than break the glass that the leprechaun is in the numb nut version uses some sort of explosive to blow apart the glass just as Mac daddy pimp enters the room and gets shot <laughs> by one of the boys. But the nerd pulls the chain off the, the leprechaun as they rob the gold and they grab the penny whistle from Mac daddy. When the leprechaun comes alive and, st- and states, quote, unhand my gold, you thieving hoods. You got more loot than Tiger Woods. The trio surmises that the leprechaun must be a crackhead. And to their credit, <laughs> to their credit, they immediately open fire and blast the Christ out of the leprechaun, <laughs> causing his arm to blow off and the gut to be blown out. I do. I do really like that. They're like, they didn't even hesitate. They're just like, blah, 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 like just mowing him down. But we cut, we cut to ice T who lived because his medallion caught the round and saved his life. And the leprechaun rejoins himself a la Evil Dead 2 with the reanimated hand crawling across the fucking floor. But Ice runs and makes it to the club and calls for backup, hiding in the bathroom and sees the leprechaun appear in his reflection. But despite turning past where the leprechaun is on the counter in the wide shot, he somehow misses it. But the leprechaun just appears and like the smell and he likes the smell of the chronic that iced tea is smoking and takes a couple drags saying, quote, a friend with fruit weed is a friend indeed, but a friend with gold is the best I'm told. Le- the leprechaun rips Ice T's finger off and sets him on a mission to recover his gold. Not like fucking Ice T wasn't already trying to recover his gold that these guys ripped off from him. But besides the fact, I guess he's got a little more of an incentive given that he had his fucking finger ripped off. Yeah, yeah. But the leprechaun comes out of the bathroom and gets in a fight with the bartender and electrocutes him with green lightning with all the prowess and all the wonder of the Rocky Horror Picture Show (laughs) 24 years earlier from this movie. But we cut to the pawn shop and the first pawn shop owner we saw named, I think his name is Ricky C, right? Because like Ricky D or whatever is the woman that he runs into later. But anyway, running the first pawn shop owner and we saw saw and... or preciously sounds as if some, uh, excuse me, we cut to the pawn shop as the first pawn shop owner that we saw sounds as if someone forgot to mic him that day. He's completely off center. He doesn't sound like he has a fucking mic that they're just getting him off of the boom. And all they could grab was the wild track from the boom. Like the boom operator and the fucking utility on this movie had one job to mic the fucking actors and three well i guess this is a low budget movie so maybe they only have two lobs at any one time and they couldn't afford the lob the other guy so he sounds off center because he's off the fucking boom mic it's really really horrible work but the post or postmaster postmaster p blows the whistle and hypnotizes everyone great acting by the way with everyone in the scene and they go back to chow's pawn shop somehow Uh, how they how they all just kind of when they hear the whistle they just stop what they're doing and their mouths drop open they're just like yeah (laughs) (laughs) but they go back to chow's pawn shop somehow as he dances around like a goddamn cartoon once again, Postmaster blows the fucking whistle and hypnotizes everyone again, calling out to the leprechaun. The leprechaun can hear this as it's going on. 
Ice sits down in his lair and finds the medallion that is somehow dropped despite the nerd clearly picking it up and putting it in his pocket in the previous scene, but whatever. Maybe I didn't, maybe I saw a scene that they meant to cut out. No, no, no. When the gunshots or explosions happen in the, the robbery scene, he drops it after he picks it up. So, you saw yeah, this? There, there, there was a there was a minor shot that showed them an insert that you saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fine. The but editing at least had that. <laughs> the editing is horrible. It is horrible. Like, like all the scene transitions are jarring. really jarring, and yeah, the they don't block their action very well, and yeah, yeah it just looks like they just kind of shot it from the seat of their pants there with five dollars in their pocket and no (laughs) no permits yeah (laughs) but as the leprechaun catches up with the first pawn shop owner jackie d he threatens to kill everyone in the hood and despite jackie having a sword for some reason on his person (laughs) he doesn't slash the leprechaun immediately i didn't get this he's got like a fucking katana as the leprechaun comes up and he doesn't do anything to this this fucking you know leprechaun that's threatening him like if somebody comes up to you in the hood and is threatening your life, like you fight back, man. You at least <laughs> slash a motherfucker. You don't just stand there and say, get out of here. But later that night, a hypnotized looking woman stands in the street and seduces Jackie D until of course it's revealed that the Lep is possessing the woman oh. and stabs and beats <laughs> Jackie D off screen to death to save money. It is actually incredibly <laughs> obvious that they did it because they were trying to save money when they cut away here. But the dynamic trio meet up on a roof and they swear to each other that they will never rob again, blah, 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 just as Ice-T shows up. And his muscle fires two rounds in the air to call out to everyone, yo, the muscle's here, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Even though he could have just gotten the drop on him and shot two of the guys and been like, you know what, I'm the third guy. Hey, I just blasted your homies. Maybe you should tell me where the gold is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a pretty good but- idea. Ice yells about his flute and asks where it is only to draw his gun with the hand that he somehow forgets is missing a fucking finger. Damn it. Forgot that. And he he drops the fucking gun in pain. (laughs) And this gives the trio just enough time in order to jump off the roof into the dumpsters (laughs) below. I didn't get this dude. I'm like, you, you are walking around with a bandage on your hand and you're forgetting that you are missing a finger and your other dude, your other dude that's standing right there who just shot two rounds in the air has his gun on these dudes, but he has to wait for ice T to draw his gun and forget that he has his gun. Oh shit. And he doesn't have a finger and he's like, Oh shit. These guys are running the gun. That's already in my hand that I just used to fire into the air. Maybe I should do something about this, but he doesn't do it. <laughs> I don't get it. It's like bad blocking, like Paul Cause, was saying. Because editing, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> every time, every time the 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 little the trio escapes, there's there's a moment where you're like, okay, so the leprechauns chasing. Oh, suddenly they're jumping off a building. I guess they're safe. Okay, whatever. Yeah, it's fine, it. whatever. I'll, yeah. <laughs> they edited it. It's fine. It's fine. Fuck it. Yeah. But anyway, as as Isis henchmen open fire toward the guys on the ground, he misses every round from 20 feet up, probably because he's wearing sunglasses at night. Seriously though, like <laughs> has anyone actually done this, like successfully accomplished anything while wearing sunglasses at night? Why is this such a fucking thing? Especially early two thousands movies. They just thought it looked cool. And it's like, seriously, <laughs> motherfucker can't do shit. 
with glasses on. Like, but the trio drive away and stop to talk outside the car rather than, I don't know, drive the fuck away, like out of LA maybe, or maybe just get the fuck out of there. Like, why do they have to stop, get out of the car and then recap what just happened that we just saw them doing? You know what I'm saying? Where are you going to go? Go to Bakersfield. Go hide in oh, the fucking you know, goddamn. Go, go hide <laughs> rather, in the goddamn cabbage rather fields risk up death there. than hide in Bakersfield. Bakersfield. Shit. <laughs> Bakersfield is dumb. Don't get me wrong. I, I wouldn't hide in Bakersfield either. But, I mean, they have to go to Vegas anyway. Like, that's the whole uh, thing. They have to go to Vegas for the fuck. But they can't go to Vegas until they re-audition for the fucking record producer and blah, 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 blah. But they say that they have to stay in town to get back into the audition in order to get their rap careers off the ground, right? We cut to a fairly large dildo and a drag queen that one of them knows to ask to stay at that person's house for some reason. Because why not? Why not make this movie as over the top as possible? Throw whatever (laughs) the fuck is in this movie on top of it. But Leprechaun tracks down Chow and Chow, despite hearing breathing in his shop, cannot be bothered to look toward the noise, which is down below. <laughs> Rather, he looks up at the ceiling, trying to find where the fucking breathing and laughing is coming from, which the voice is clearly down below because this guy's a fucking short person. But, you know, what's really weird is it's just like people don't float, right? So why the fuck is he looking up? Like in no other entry Maybe in the series. The, the leprechaun was throwing his voice you know no in no that's what i was about to say in no other entry in the series does the leprechaun throw his voice to throw people off he's just there like michael myers you know like he's always yeah. there where he is and blah 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 blah. but he turns around and gets choked by a hand in a serious close-up but as we <laughs> tilt down to the hand and fade to black it is very clear that the thumb is parallel to the hand meaning how the fuck is chow being choked with a hand like this, like his, his thumbs, not even around his fucking neck. Like it's, it's stupid. I don't know how they're they didn't figure that out. Magic, man. Leprechauns sure. don't need to use their thumb. Don't you know? Uh, man, why is he choking him anyway? Like <laughs> the leprechaun can do all sorts of shit, but he's choking this guy. Why doesn't he just explode him? Like he does later on in the movie. Yeah, blow the guy's <laughs> chest out. Yeah. I don't get that. He likes to well, keep we, things varied, you know, as a leprechaun, yeah. you're murdering people all the time. You gotta mix it up. Otherwise, you gotta mix you're just gonna it up. get bored. You're gonna be bored of the kills. Yeah, I totally yeah. get that. But we cut to Fontaine's place and the drag queen where they perform on her porch and get chased out by some jackass on a fire escape above them. But Post hangs back for a second and blows the whistle for a third time, even though every time he never hears a fucking thing. I don't know why he keeps blowing this because he just keeps blowing the fucking thing. But just as he does, jerk off in the fire escape, comes back to listen and is super polite revealing that the flute makes people super agreeable by hypnotizing them just long enough for the trio to set up an entire goddamn concert in the backyard (laughs) for the neighbors and somehow recover their equipment that there was previously broken. Like they have wireless microphones and all sorts of shit. And I'm like, wait a second. I thought they were broken. I thought all that shit was broken and they couldn't perform. Like that was the whole goddamn point of the goddamn movie, dude. (laughs) 
But the trio recaps on the fire escape and Fontaine drops her top and she makes her way into the bedroom. Somehow a leprechaun looking motherfucker with a wrinkled face wanders through the door and it is, and he is attractive enough to Fontaine that she leads him into the bedroom, but we're not without the leprechaun making a gay pun first, which was quote, I didn't come here to play with fruit End quote, like it's a pretty bad one. But we cut to the boys yeah, I outside. Guess, I guess according to this movie, all all drag queens just want to have sex with everything that walks. Everything in sight. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, dude, fucking what the fuck? The way that Warwick <laughs> Davis looks in this movie, like that's okay. I mean, <laughs> but whatever. But we cut to the boys outside and we hear Fontaine moaning as if she is getting fucked. And we see some quick angles of what looks like Fontaine is having sex. But as we cut closer, we see some sort of blood on her neck in a weird position, despite there being no visible entry wound. This is like cheap filmmaking where you just like, I'll throw blood on it. It doesn't matter if like you can't see where the blood's coming from. But the leprechaun wanders out into the apartment and lurks around as if he needs to be quiet. But why does he walk like this? He's walking around like he needs to be quiet. But moreover, he starts digging around looking for his flute in the cabinets. But how does he know that it is in this apartment? Like, he hasn't seen the boys yet. He, you know, maybe he tracked it down because he heard the flute or something like that. They never make that entirely clear. (laughs) Yeah. It's magic, but not that magic. It's Don't not as it. magical as when we cut back to the trio and the nerd pours some alcohol and KY jelly on an electric heating pad and talks about how this is somehow a flammable <laughs> explosive. <laughs> it's, what is it's happening? Douche juice and lubricant. Yeah, and that is going to make a giant explosion when you put it on a heating pad. Doesn't yeah. that make sense? Sure. Yeah. But they this leads to the <laughs> leprechaun into or i'm sorry they lead the leprechaun into the trap and they light him on fire but despite running out while he is on fire they sit in their car again outside of the fucking house to chat about what happened I mean, what one thing you gotta planning. say what one thing you gotta say is that they didn't skimp on the stunt work with setting a, a dude on fire i mean that was that was pretty cool you know that's, no it's definitely that's true half they of didn't. the budget of the movie right there that's true <laughs> But yeah, they, they go outside and they sit in their car again and chat about what happened and their plan and that how Post can't leave because he needs to go check on his blind grandma because of course he does. But they all wander over to his grandma's house and once again stop to talk about what the flute does and its magical powers because apparently four times of us seeing him fucking blow the flute isn't <laughs> enough about explaining the same fucking point, but they do it anyway. We cut to the trio hiding in the church and they do get some extremely accurate moments here, right? The church won't help anyone unless you drop something in the collection plate (laughs) and bring more people in in order to drop more money in the collection plate and you can stay there. And they will guilt and shame people into giving more money because, you know, God knows this is the way the Lord works. The Lord always needs your money. Like fucking George Carlin said, you know, like it's so weird. It's like this giant scam. It's like there's a magical man in the sky you can't see and he always needs your money it's <laughs> so weird just can't balance a checkbook damn can't balance a checkbook it's so weird <laughs> but the trio sings a song that offends and easily offended churchgoers and postmaster p blows his whistle in order to draw back in the crowd that's leaving including coolio for some reason popping his head in the room <laughs> They never Coolio, talk about Coolio this connection. Shows up to a church in Compton. It's fine. Yeah. Why not? You know, 
that's cool and all, Paul, but the following song right after that is awful. <laughs> and the fact that Coolio came in for this moment is fucking <laughs> shameful, dude. It's such a bad song. This is the worst song in the movie. Like, it's so bad. But they finally figure out after five times of blowing the flute that this is key to getting what they want. Somehow they run upstairs in the church that isn't in the best shape, right? And even though they're running Somehow they can hear Ice-T coming in, but Ice-T can't hear them running up the stairs and they don't make any noise like as they're <laughs> slamming doors and shit. But they hide and the leprechaun appears to them as if he is a fucking Scooby-Doo character, right? They're like all sitting down and they're like shaking hands or bumping fists or whatever and like the leprechaun's <laughs> on the end and bumps their fists. Like complete with the car- cartoonish pan to the right to reveal the yeah. monster sitting next to them. Like how did someone write this on the page? And film it. And everyone thought, you know, that's good, man. That's funny. We're going to keep that in. <laughs> How did people think that this was okay? It's like, it's almost like the, uh, like having a scene where somebody runs off the edge of a building and like looks down and like holds up a help <laughs> sign before they fall. <laughs> like, come on. Enough is enough. Oh, man. They need that like rumbling sound when they, when yeah. they start, they like, their legs flail before they get traction on the ground and then they yeah. shoot off in a cloud. Yeah. Of puff. <laughs> Be excellent. But Ice-T screams at the trio and tells his henchman to blow Post away and the leprechaun blows a hole in the center of the henchman's chest. And it's actually a pretty good effect. I gotta, yeah. I gotta yeah, give him fun. the props here. And I then, like the yeah. gore in this moment. And then Ice-T gets to look through the hole at the yeah. other <laughs> It's pretty good. But Ice runs and the trio hide in the pastor's office as the pastor goes into his safe and starts pulling out stacks of cash, which is also accurate. But we cut to the door as the leprechaun keeps ramming the door with his shoulder as if he's going to break it down. Never mind that the leprechaun is a fucking supernatural being and has no reason to fuck with them like this. Like he could just blow the door open, blow holes in two of the homies and be like, oh, third guy, yo, where's my gold? I don't get this. He like, he keeps fucking with them. And I understand that like, maybe this is like a way of like making it fun or something like that. But like, it doesn't, the rules don't make any sense. Like he blows one guy's chest out. No problem. Another guy, he chooses not to do anything. And like, he just needs the gold back, like blow a couple dudes chests open. And the third guy be like, yeah, where's my gold? And if you don't do it, blow the guy's arm off. Let's try that again. Where's my gold? No, blow the other arm off. You know, whatever. I mean, I think the leprechaun is more, he's more into the chase than actually caring about his gold. I mean, he wants to what's draw super the chase disappointing, out. <laughs> What's super disappointing about this movie for me is that, like, his rhymes near the beginning are, like, pretty fun, but he stops rhyming, like, halfway through the movie. And I'm just like, dude, yeah, like, where are the rhymes? Like, the whole point, in the first one, he was, like, rhyming all the time. And, like, th- like every line was a rhyme. But like this movie, it's like he just kind of forgets how to rhyme in the middle of the movie until the end, and then he starts rhyming again. But they play Writers, the door. I mean, they pulled out their thesaurus, thesaurus, and uh, they just they ran out of time, man. They couldn't. <laughs> they just they got to wrap up this second act and jump straight into the third. Obviously, we don't have time for this this rhyming shit. Let's get through it. Obviously. 
but they play the door fake out gag and capture the leprechaun as they open the door and he runs through trying to bash. I never got this. Okay. <laughs> like he's not bashing over and over and over again. So they can get like a rhythm of how he's bashing. So like, when do they know when to open the door? Like they could have opened the door and he would have been like reprieving, like hanging out because he fucking blew out his rotator cup, smashing into the door. <laughs> How do they know that he's going to, like, ram at that exact moment? They're not timing it at all. And, I mean, he could just snap his fingers and blow the door off his hinges, but uh, <laughs> he chooses not to. But, you know, they, they, he flies through the door, and they capture the leprechaun in the safe, and the boys decide that they will go to Vegas and hit the flute live, all while leaving the deacon in charge of keeping the leprechaun in the safe, right? But we cut back to the safe as the leprechaun summons his zombie fly girls as the boys perform another shitty song called Hit the Ground Running after playing the flute to a hypnotized crowd in front of the record producers at the audition. This song is one of the worst in the movie. Like, it's so bad. (laughs) But back at... Go ahead. So... After they finish performing the song, there there's the white record producer that comes up and is like, "Oh my God, we're gonna sign you!" But that just reminded me of how how I would be trying to talk to the to the youths because I have no idea. But he's like using all these words, it's like "you guys are super fly." <laughs> it just sounds so it, awful. That was actually my a uh, couple of points from now. I talk about the guy and like the fucking fur coat that's like coming in and using the words. But anyway, the cultural appropriator. But anyway, yeah, you're absolutely correct, Paul. Like it, it, it is kind of. I mean, I don't know if people know this, but it's something like eighty percent of all record executives, or of all rap records, are owned by white record executives like people that don't listen to fucking rap music that have no idea what good rap music is that aren't part of the community they're like you know just profiting off of these young black men and women like trying to come into the industry and like the other thing that's kind of shocking about rap numbers is i read the statistics some time ago that something like 70 percent of all rap albums are sold to white kids like oh, that's yeah, the sure. main demographic of rap music <laughs> and i always thought that was really weird yeah middle class white kids that's what you gotta yeah. get But anyway, back at church, the pastor talks dirty to an obvious agent of the leprechaun, complete with green flashing eyes, but it's his church sex puns that are really fun throughout (laughs) this fucking scene. But not nearly as fun as the leprechaun shaving or shoving his hand through the back of the reverend and showing it as he pops through the belly and like squirming his hand around trying to torture the fucking reverend as he rips his spleen out. It's too bad that the writers didn't actually put effort into this movie. Like it, it could have actually been pretty entertaining, but only if they lost all the fucking rap scenes, the racism <laughs> and the poor editing and the cinematography, like this movie could have actually been really entertaining, Paul. Like imagine if the director of like black dynamite did this movie, like oh, the shit yeah. would have been gold, man. It would have been <laughs> awesome. But anyway, yeah. the, the filmmakers, you can't always get what you want, Gabe. You just gotta, That's true. Gotta... Man, maybe they should remake this and like Jordan Peele should do it. You know, like just <laughs> give me something interesting. But anyway, the filmmaker, you know what, dude, seriously, uh, if Aaron uh, Magruder, if Aaron Magruder <laughs> said that he was going to do it, I would be like, yes, absolutely. Movie, yeah. I would pay all my money to see an Aaron Magruder <laughs> version of the Leprechaun movie. 
But the filmmakers do drop another truth bomb, like you were saying, Paul, as the white cultural appropriating record producer walks through the door in a pimp coat. And after the boy and <laughs> alerts the boys that they won and they're going to go to the Vegas trip. But as the boys celebrate, we cut to a tilt up from the A camera operator because they walk too close to camera. And we can clearly see off of the set wall above them. Like it's very <laughs> obvious that they're in a stage. And it's bad, dude. It's really, really bad. But the zombie girls barge in and flash their green eyes around and the leprechaun takes control of two of the boys and puts a gun to one of their heads as the nerd or puts the gun to the head of the nerd as post debates giving the flute and the key to their success because they fucking suck <laughs> back to the leprechaun. But the leprechaun makes a pun and takes his flute back, leaving and making post look like he is constipated with the reaction shot they like cut back to him as he's like freezing and post is like Ugh! <laughs> he's yeah, really bad fucking shit great acting by the way there uh, mr montgomery but before turning the gun on trey so that way trey blows his own goddamn head off but they stick dead trey in the fucking car and take the gun leaving him for some wino in order to find in a fucking car <laughs> And they share a moment of crying together as Post sits with his nickel-plated dick in his hand, right? <laughs> what, I, what I don't get about this scene is that they, they still need to go to Vegas. Like, why do they put the, their dead friend who's bleeding from the skull in the fucking car that they need in order to get to Vegas? Like, how are they <laughs> expecting to get to Vegas without that car? I don't get that. Like, just leave him in the fucking flop house that he just right? shot himself in the head. That is literally a crack house. <laughs> It's like an abandoned warehouse or whatever. He's literally a fucking crack house, but like they're going to take him out of that. Like, and how did they do that without anybody noticing? Like even in the hood, <laughs> if you want to take some like really racist view of the hood that like, Oh, there's always crime happening in the hood. Nobody would notice. It's not number one. And number two, somebody would notice some two guys carrying a body through the hood. Somebody would say something about it at the very least. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But these guys just go and toss his body in the fucking car and like nobody notices, but sure. But we cut to the leprechaun's lair as the zombie girls bring in another girl in, in order to be eye fucked by the leprechaun as he smokes weed, right? But as we go to back to the grandma's house, we see the leprechaun come into grandma's house. And even though she feels the horrifying claws that he has, she thinks he is not only a fucking child, but also a friend of her adult son that has arthritis in his hands. <laughs> I don't get this moment. I just don't. <laughs> she's but blind. Hang on. You know, yeah. She's blind. It's fine. She's blind. It's fine. But she invites him in and she tries to feed him. But because she is blind, apparently this means that she just rams a fucking fork back and forth. <laughs> So hard that she stabs him in the eye and removes his eye. Oh, wait, Paul. It was all a dream, man. It was all a dream. To which, um. to which Post wakes up and decides he's going to check the door to his apartment and sees, or his grandma's apartment, and sees his dead friend stray in the door who's rapping again. But wait, he wakes up again, Paul. It's a dream within a dream, Paul. It's Inception now. Congratulations. Is this Freddy where Christopher Kruger. Nolan got the name for Inception? <laughs> the idea for Inception was this movie? Uh, I guess so. But finally, three times the charm, he opens the door and finds his nerd friend standing at the door with lit sunglasses on or, or lit eyeglasses on. And he says he wants to help Post hunt down the leprechaun. But lo and behold, Paul, the secret weapon to defeating the leprechaun this time is a book. 
called Leprechauns for Dummies, which reveals which reveals that if a leprechaun smokes a joint laced with four-leaf closer, clovers, that it may defeat him. I don't, I don't understand this. Like, where did this information come from? Who wrote this book? Who wrote this book? Seriously. That's what all my research shows. I don't know about you. Sure. That's, I, I mean, I... I guess I haven't really done research on how to defeat a leprechaun. It could be the first Google result. Make them smoke a joint laced with fucking clover leaves. Duh, obviously. <laughs> but their plan is to go undercover as women and try to infiltrate the oh, den of God. zombie hoes by dressing in drag and seducing and destroying the leprechaun with the four-leaf clover lace joint. Paul, seriously, <laughs> motherfucker. Like, how? How the fuck did these people come up with this shit? They're like, you know what we should do is we have a scene where they go in and they dress like women and they're going to take this four leaf clover lace joint and get the leprechaun to smoke. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Back, back up, back up. Like, <laughs> just calm wait down. Back up, calm down. Like, oh my God. It's really like, it goes so over the top near the end that you're just like, what the fuck? Like, how did. How did they spitball this in the writer's room? But we endure a painful three-minute montage in which these actors dress in drag. Like, are you gentlemen proud of this movie? I really want to know. Like, is Mr. Montgomery and Mr. fucking Grant really proud of this movie? Because, like, Jesus Christ. I'm not shaming drag, by by the way, by any means. Like, I actually really enjoy drag shows and love them. But this movie is making fun of drag. And they're doing it to, like, this really, like, hyper masculine, like, toxic masculinity effect, which is really irritating. But, like, I don't get this moment. Like, how did they arrive on this? Of all things that they could have arrived on. I think that the basic premise is that dressing as a woman is funny. And so they had the first drag queen in there, which I guess is just funny to begin with. And so they got to get more of that drag action going. And those will bring the laughs. Why not? Yeah, I mean, why didn't they just, like, get another girl, like a hot girl, in order to pose as a fucking prostitute to go in and give this, like, weed to this guy that looks like a leprechaun? They could have said that he was, like, a pimp, like, masquerading (laughs) as a leprechaun or whatever, you know? But really, though, I think one of the most absurd moments is when the nerd mentions that Mac Daddy is still out there and Post says, fuck Mac Daddy, and he cocks the gun and says, it ain't nothing but a hip-hop thing, business in the hood. Like, how did they get through these lines without cracking up, man? Like, she's bad. But the zombie hoes smoke the clover lace joint and wake up from their trance just long enough in order to, that they tell Post that the leprechaun is upstairs in the lair, right? Like, go figure, Paul. These hoes hang out downstairs, and these fucking geniuses can't find a leprechaun <laughs> that's not on the first floor, yeah, and they need building. help in order yeah. to know that he's upstairs in a two-story <laughs> building? Like, come on. But the leprechaun smokes the weed and takes Post's hand and drags it into his crotch because he thinks he's a girl, and he's like, you need to, like, jerk me off, presumably, or whatever. <laughs> and these two share some really uncomfortable eye contact. In this- <laughs> And again, take this in context, an actor named Mr. Montgomery dressed in drag and allowed his hand to be pulled toward fucking Willow's crotch in a movie. He thought that this was going to be okay. I don't know if he thought this was going to be his big jumping off point. That he was going to make a ton of money from this or whatever. Like, I know know you got to get paid. I know you got to work. But like, 
there's a line you know what i'm saying like there's a line <laughs> like what am i doing what kind of movie am i working on my life is lepre- taking a turn man yeah fuck what what did you watch what choices did i make in order to get here and do i regret any of those choices <laughs> But the leprechaun passes out and the duo grabs the whistle and they wander downstairs only to be fired upon immediately by Mac Daddy off screen and the nerd reacting to the shots before the shots go off and falling to the ground before the fucking gun goes off. It's like that moment in uh, It's Always Sunny when Dennis pretends to be the secret agent and like he, he sees the girl that like he got pregnant in North Dakota and she's just like, oh my God, you're bleeding. He's like, Oh, I've been shot. And she's like, I didn't hear a gunshot. And then the gun goes off. He's like, oh, there it is. <laughs> so bad. But the nerd dies. And even though he is supposed to be dead, you look at him because he's the only thing in focus at that time. They're still in the over the shoulder. And his eyes flutter really badly as they're trying to hold on this medium of him. Like, it's obvious he's not dead. Like, great death scene, man, especially with post super terrible tears during this scene. It's like, it's really bad. But Post faces off with Ice-T and Ice presses forward and Post shoots him three times, but not in the head. He like shoots him in the fucking shoulder, which is really weird, rather than just blasting him in the skull. But the leprechaun wakes up and comes out of the elevator and gets into a rhyme off with the leprechaun and fucking Post over the flute. Like, I didn't I didn't get this. Like, they're doing a rhyme off for some reason, like because this is entertaining, apparently. But Mac Daddy wakes up and creeps up on the leprechaun and bitch slaps the leprechaun with a chair. (laughs) But it's really Ice's laugh in the scene prior to his death that is the stuff of legends. Like, he's really (laughs) fucking funny. His laugh in this moment's really good. But Leprechaun blows out Ice-T's chest and Ice throws up the medallion into the air and it falls like a a horrid monofilament-supported plate that it is perfectly (laughs) around the Leprechaun's head as we cut to black as it falls off the screen onto the Leprechaun, presumably, right? We cut to post-performing and being cheered on by the crowd, right? wearing sunglasses at night again. But as he walks off a stage in order to uh, to the resounding applause outside, he drops his glasses to reveal that he has green eyes. Like, gasp. Oh, my God. He's been taken over, Paul. He's one of the zombie hoes. But the leprechaun looks directly in the camera, you know, at the non-existent audience (laughs) of this movie, and says, I taught him everything that he knows, and goes on stage to rap to lep in leprechaun in the hood to do no good like as he hypnotizes his zombie girls again and we roll credits over the girls dancing an extreme close-up like a fucking horrible like 90s music video and he just keeps repeating the main line leprechaun in the hood to do no good leprechaun in the hood to do no good this is the fucking song that somebody wrote and got paid for in order to fucking do this but all while a bunch of white people that are inexplicably in this hood bar head bang as the leprechaun is fucking rapping and looks directly into the low angle music video camera and ends with lep in the hood to do no good <laughs> cut to black roll credits. So that, that ended on such a high note. that was it that was the one that's that's what got you right paul was that ending lep in the hood leprechaun in the hood to do no good shit's a banger right you're just sitting there like yeah Yeah, man this is good shit yeah (laughs) i want to know at the end of the at the end of the movie in the credits it says that this soundtrack is available for purchase and i want to know what fucking jerk off 
<laughs> bought the soundtrack to this movie <laughs> to listen to these headbangers man one like guy real. one guy in Milwaukee or something like that <laughs> this thing has a know. limited pressing of the record that came out oh, not the cassette yeah. tape the record bro of Leprechaun that- 5 in the hood soundtrack <laughs> shit's worth money now oh man I'm sure it is man god damn this shit's gotta be worth money anyway so Paul what do you, did you I mean when you got to the end of this movie and you sat there and you were reevaluating your life's decisions how did you feel about like having gotten through this I made it still alive still kicking uh, I think my brain is still intact as far as <laughs> being assaulted out, out of your nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, okay, so I know that we talked at the beginning of the podcast that this was entertaining and that you enjoyed like some of it, even though it was a terrible movie. It was at least entertaining. Does this inspire you that you need to go back and watch any of the Leprechaun movies? Nope. No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I could skip them. I think I could skip them, but... Uh, you know, maybe maybe if there's Leprechaun in the Hood too, maybe there I'd is Leprechaun that, in the Hood too. Know. It was made in like 2007 or something like that, actually. But I and assume there, no no Ice Tea no no Ice Tea. Uh, well, actually, you know what? That's Davis, it's not it's not fair. I have not seen Leprechaun in the Hood too. <laughs> like I I saw Leprechaun in the Hood, and that was like where I stopped watching. It was right around the year 2000. Yeah, was I stopped watching the Leprechaun choice. movies? Yeah. But, um, you know, I haven't seen Leprechaun in the Hood, too. I do need to sit down and watch Leprechaun in the Hood, too. <laughs> but uh, Warwick Davis is in Leprechaun in the Hood, oh, too. It's right, Leprechaun right. Leprechaun Rebirth or whatever it's called that they made in 2018. <laughs> that does not have no, Warwick Davis no, in it. Let's skip that shit. But oddly enough, it is the highest rated one in the series. It's that one. Uh, <laughs> it has the highest rating on IMDb. It's almost two stars above this one, wow. which is kind of crazy. I'm like... <laughs> Wow. Okay. It's got like a five point three or it, whatever. And does I'm like, it go back to like a an actual horror movie kind of tone, or does it? I mean, it's still a horror comedy, as I understand it. Yeah. I haven't seen I haven't seen the you know one, but I know that Warwick isn't in it. But um, I haven't seen the latest one that was made in 2018. But as I understand it, it's still a horror comedy and tries to throw back to the original's camp. But it's like it's got the highest rating, like I said, without uh, Warwick. And like as much as this movie sucks, Warwick, you can see clearly as having fun doing this role. Yeah. And like you can see that he's enjoying playing this character, which kind of <laughs> helps the movie kind of move along, you know, because yeah. at least it's not like a faceless character like uh, Michael Myers with like the latest Halloween movie, which is horrid. And like, you can't even see that like the actor is having fun playing the role of the killer because he's just this like faceless character. You know what I'm saying? At least with Warwick, you can see that he's enjoying doing it. And that's, that's fun enough in itself where you're like, okay, well at least somebody's enjoying themselves doing this movie. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, so Paul, uh, looking forward to the next episode. What, what's what's uh, what's coming up on your docket? What have you been wanting to sit down and watch? The Batman. The Batman. Come on. I have no interest <laughs> in on. going to the movie theater and watching that. Uh, you gotta, I mean, come on, Gabe. You got to get your shit together. 
But I mean, what if, what if I go and I watch it and I'm lukewarm to it and I don't I, I don't hate it because then we have a shitty episode because I'm just like, oh, yeah, it was fine. You know, whatever. Like, I'm not adamant about it. I'm not I'm about I wasted three hours of my time <laughs> and we we did something else that we were never going to do for our podcast. Anyway, I have, a, I have a feeling that the pod, the Batman is not going to end up on our fucking podcast. That's all I'm saying. Batman forever. Batman Forever. Yeah. I like the Val Kilmer one, yeah, dude. The Val Kilmer one is good. They complained about that one a bunch. I mean, no, it's, I uh, I hate the George Clooney ones. Oh, yeah, I like. Too. I actually really like Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne. I don't like him as much as Batman or as Batman, I should say. But like, I like him as Bruce Wayne. He's a pretty good Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But um, you know, like it's it's stupid and it's campy with like his fucking desk slide and shit. Like you know, it's very kitty like friendly or whatever. <laughs> But um, I didn't mind Batman Forever. Like I thought it was actually pretty decent comparatively, especially in retrospect when you look at Batman and Robin. And it's like, <laughs> oh my god. You know what though? How about Batman and Robin? We haven't talked about Batman and Robin. We haven't done a Batman oh, movie god, yet. I don't know if I want to do that, I don't. You can't. Sounds you can't brutal. sit there and listen to Schwarzenegger with his fucking ice puns, bro. Oh god. <laughs> Every line that comes out of his mouth is ice puns. <laughs> Excellent. It's excellent. Uh, it's fucking glittery makeup. Oh, dude, that movie is like that movie is so over the top that like it's it's really incredible. But it is on the bottom one hundred on IMDb too, so we're gonna have to add another terrible. movie that's on the bottom one hundred to our list of fucking movies. Uh hook sphere. Oh, you know what? Actually I I just I think I told you this, but like David Kelly launched a podcast with a friend of his called Bygone Geek. And yeah. like they just talk about geeky shit and like no offense David Kelly if you're listening you guys always are just agreeing about what's great but one thing that pissed me off is that they did a they did a retrospective on Robin Williams and uh, David David Kelly's co-host I can't remember his name said that he honestly believes that Robin Williams missed out on his Oscar nomination slash win prior to Goodwill Hunting. Are you ready for this, Paul? For the movie that he believes he should have won for? What's that? Was was Jack. He believes honestly that Jack. Robin Williams should have won an Oscar for Jack. And I, I was so shocked by this statement that I immediately picked up on my phone when I was listening and I texted David Kelly and I was like, your friend needs to be slapped in the mouth. Like, <laughs> slap him in the teeth. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what the fuck? You obviously watched a different movie than I did. Like, it's got a, it's got a 17 on fucking Rotten Tomatoes. It's got like a 15 on fucking Metacritic. Like, the critics universally derided that movie. And Robin Williams is fun. Like, yes, but... It's like him and Flubber. It's like, wrong. come on. But besides the fact, it's like, oh, Robin Williams deserved an Oscar for Flubber. You know, like that same sort of statement. It's like, <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? Seriously, this is like the worst movie. But besides the fact, I, I was thinking about maybe Jack because we've been talking about that movie for a long time, and Jack is horrible. I remember hating that movie with a passion. But like Francis Jake Ford Coppola directed that. Yeah, oh, dude. You remember that? Oh, my God. Francis Ford Coppola. Or uh, we could do another nine and a half weeks. Or we could do... Uh, <laughs> Let's do Jack. Fuck it. You want to do Jack? Fuck it. <laughs> do you want me to try to get David Meant Kelly on? So heartwarming can try? Jack is a grotesque misfire. <laughs> <laughs> dude, David point? Kelly... 
David Kelly, even though he didn't agree with the, he agreed that Robin Williams should have been nominated for the Oscar for it. But I think we should try to get David Kelly on yeah, for that episode because it. he he actually agreed that Jack is one of fucking Robin Williams' top five movies. And when they got to it, I thought at first that maybe they were talking about like just kids movies up until they saw, you know, Goodwill Hunting when they were later. But he even put it over Goodwill Hunting in his fucking uh, narrative. He said an honorable mention was Goodwill Hunting. An honorable <laughs> mention was Patch Adams. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? You take Jack over that shit? Like, oh my God. Dude, I, I was so pissed when I heard that. I was like, you're fucking high, man. But like we should we should get him on the podcast yeah. if uh, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> if he can defend Jack because oh my god, dude, I I'm not joking when I say that I was livid listening <laughs> to it. They were talking about like top five. They were adding like Jumanji was in their top five. Mrs. Doubtfire, fucking Hook. And I was like, <laughs> Hook, Hook is one of your top five Robin Williams performances. Like, are you kidding me? Like he's fun in Hook. He's fine, and but like it's it's not one of his best movies. Like, but. Uh. I, I get where they're coming from and that they're like talking about like geeky movies that were like fun uh, or whatever. They aren't talking about critically. That's what it's it all is. nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. I've texted David over several episodes and just be like, David, you're the reason why man, the like sequels and prequels and fucking reboots get made. Like all you're doing is fucking sitting there feeding money into Disney's pocket rather than encouraging them by not seeing these movies for them to make something else you know like anything else i'm tired of the shit but anyway that was the unbelievably terrible fifth sequel in the leprechaun <laughs> series like see like paul and i said see it simply for warwick davis if you see any of them because like it's obvious that warwick is enjoying himself doing the role but like like i said earlier like i i honestly think this movie kind of elevated itself past the one status to a three status because ice T is so fun in this movie that yeah. he's, he's so bad dude, but he's so funny. <laughs> he just goes way over the top of the pimp roll. And I'm like, Oh my God, dude, like this guy is excellent. Yeah. But anyway, th- thank you listeners. Once again, this is the movie dicks podcast. I am Gabriel Chavez. And I'm Paul Schendel. Happy St. Patrick's day, everyone. Thank you. Have a great uh, night. See Don't later. drink too much. Yes.